preachers are weary, the singers are tired, the church as we know it is losing its power. Some are discouraged from bearing the load, but we must determine to keep pressing on. Cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it would be worth every struggle, it would be worth every mile. A lifetime of labor is still worth it all if it rescues just one more soul. So preachers keep preaching and singers go sing. Laymen keep sharing that Jesus is King. The angels have gathered, they're surrounding the throne. And they'll start rejoicing for just one more soul. Cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it would be worth every struggle. It would be worth every mile. A lifetime of labor is still worth it all. If it rescues just one more soul. Cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it would be worth every struggle. It would be worth every mile. A lifetime of labor is still worth it all. If it rescues just one more soul. A lifetime of labor is still worth it all. If it rescues just one more soul. All right, well, tonight we are fortunate, blessed, and honored to have with us the Hollands. They're going to be with us. Today we even have one of their family members in our attendance today. One of their daughters is with us tonight. I won't make her stand up. I'm sure she doesn't want to. But nonetheless, she is engaged. This is interesting. This is crazy. She's engaged to John Black. Can you imagine that? That's the son of our preacher tonight. And so she just happens to be here tonight with him. And you talked earlier with her, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, now you get a chance to meet with us, the rest of your family. <laughs> well, we're certainly glad to have you with us, Brother Holland. And we're just wondering how things are going there where you're at. Oh, things are going great, Pastor Donald. Good to see you folks. I uh, just want to say thank you, and I'm sorry my wife is not able to be with us tonight. She had a previous engagement, but uh, good to see you folks. And things are going really well. We, uh, Our little church is now a year and a half old, and we're averaging about 20 folks. Um, and we have all kinds of different backgrounds that come to our church. So, But the Lord's blessing. Well, amen. Well, what time is it where you're at right now? It is 5.15. 
Okay, so you're just a couple of hours behind us then. Yes, sir. We're in mountain time. Okay, great. And uh, can you tell the folks exactly where you're at and what the weather's like, All usually okay. normally during the year especially? Okay. Um, if you were to get on the map and look north above, straight above Montana, out that direction, look at Edmonton in Canada, and then you go a little bit further north to Yellowknife, and then when you get there, look a little further north even still, and uh, we are in Norman Wells. That's our, our community right there that we're in at this point. Um, so we are about 4,200 miles from Ohio. And our weather tonight, right now the weather, it's sunny, actually beautiful out right now, but the, we're right around 32 Fahrenheit at this time. Um, everything is in Celsius up here, so I get really confused. Yeah. And uh, I just keep it at Fahrenheit, and I, I remember things that way. But in the next two weeks, our temperatures will be dipping down real close to zero. So Ours will, too. But anyway, <laughs> maybe not quite that low. But nonetheless, uh, I know, give us an idea of how low the temperatures do get as you enter into your winter. Oh, we will get as low as uh, 50 below zero. And w with a wind chill, probably 60 to 65 below zero. Wow. So. And, what, and kind of, what kind of challenges does that uh, offer you in the ministry? I mean, what kind of things do you have to deal with as a result? Well... Fortunately, most people are pretty used to the cold temperatures up here. So unless it gets below 50, 50 below, people still come out in the ministry. Amen. Uh, and and which, which is good. And they're, they're very open to us visiting at those times. But we do struggle with uh, water pumps. You know, our house, we actually do not have wells up here. We have our water brought into a tank in our house. So last winter in our little uh, church building, uh, we went through three um, three water pumps, and at about four hundred dollars a piece. And that, fortunately for us, we didn't have to pay for that. The town covered that. So uh, the building that we're using at this time, but things like that. The toilet was froze last year at one point, and we had to call off a service uh, because of that. Our furnaces weren't working a couple times, and we had to call off a service and that. So we have some we have some issues with that when that happens. All right. Well, that sounds pretty interesting. We, you know, 50 below zero, people still coming out to church. I like that sound. That sounds pretty yeah. good to me. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, are there uh, special ways? I mean, how do you dress for that kind of weather? I'm just kind of curious. Well, layers. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Ron Lots and John, layers. like, huh? Okay. Well, we know we know a guy named Brother Ron and John that they they dress in layers too. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> some of these folks don't know because they're late. They, they've just gotten here over the last year or two, but. Nonetheless, layers, huh? Well, listen, yes. brother, let's see if we can get a couple questions from, our, uh, from the, the crowd today and see if they have anything they'd like to ask. Anybody have a question for Brother Holland all the way up there in Arctic Canada, way up there north? Yeah, go ahead, Ms. Kat. Snowmobile. She's wondering what do you utilize, what do you use for visitation? Do you, you go out in your car? Do you use a snowmobile? Do you use dog sled? <laughs> we use our, our truck, and then I also do use my snowmobile, yes. Okay. A snowmobile is a very handy tool up here. I, we also, I go out in the bush and get, that's how we heat our house with firewood, so I use that quite frequently. And I also uh, use that as a tool because there are a lot of men that are out in the bush the same time I am, so I visit with them when I'm out, you know, cutting wood and help them with their wood. It's a it's a it's a great method of transportation for about nine months out of the year. That's what we we use when we go out of town. 
So, all right, wonderful. No in-ground swimming pools, I take it. <laughs> no, no, <Wow>. sir. <laughs> That's cold, 50 below. Any other? Yeah, go ahead. Do you know what the average snowfall is for the year? Oh, we probably, about five feet of snow is probably what we get. Okay. Because of the real cold temperatures, we don't get as much as some of the other areas. But once we get snow, it's here until spring. I bet. Yeah, it doesn't melt off, does it? And it's right. and it's a real dry snow. You don't uh, you can't make snowballs or snowmen. It's it's very very dry. So it's not even any fun then. No, wow. Well, unless you, unless you have a snowmobile, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, go ahead, brother Bob. That, that's a good question. Um, okay, we know that it gets minus 50 below possibly or even colder in the winter, but what about the summers? What kind of temperatures do you, you don't? Or have? We actually will get uh, into the mid-90s, mid-90s sometimes. We Remember, we have we have 24 hours of daylight in the summertime, so we, we get some pretty warm weather. We don't have the humidity, but the sun really, really gets warm up here. Um, and then along with the summertime, what I can't stand is all the bugs. They drive me insane. <laughs> Lots of mosquitoes and black flies. Oh, wow. Oh, those black flies are nasty. One more yes. question, maybe. Oh, um, two more then. One back here. Okay, what, what is your most practical means of outreach? I mean, what, what would you say be your greatest tool to reach your community would it be say for our in our area we go door to door we do pass outs we do this we do that what, what about you what 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 do you utilize instruments and tools do you use my greatest form of outreach would be just visiting people or if they have a need if i see them working on something just going over and helping them um, just showing myself useful and that really opens the door um, also uh, another thing anytime there is and of course, we don't live in a very big community, only about 600 people here at this point. But if someone passes away, we, they have a community feast, and we're always involved in taking, uh, we, we'll take moose. We, we got a moose last year, so we're blessed with that. We'll take some moose roast to them for the dinner. Any, anytime anything like that is open, we, we offer our, ourselves, and then um, we always put our little Saltu Baptist Church, a note on there from Saltu Baptist Church. So people see that in a small community. It doesn't take much for people to to uh, know about us. So, but that's what I do. I get involved with the people's lives here. Okay. Uh, it was a question over here. The question was: Are you pastoring the church that you're uh, working at now, or are you training somebody to take it over? What What's going on there? Uh, I am the pastor at the church. Um, It'll be a long way to go before someone can take over the church there. So, quite a quite a, that'll be some time. So, okay. but that that's what I'm doing. I'm pastoring the church at this point. So, All right. And we are planning on reaching out into the other communities. And I know you're going to have a time to to, to uh, ask some prayer requests. But I just wanted to mention this. We have a young man that has started deputation. Uh, that hopefully in a few years will be coming up to help us in one of the other communities. And that's a tremendous blessing. Right. Well, do you have any advice for us or anything you'd like to share with us to encourage us in missions here today? I'd say just remember, I know you folks pray and you're faithful giving, and we thank you so much for your prayers and your financial support. But uh, 
just continue to pray every day. Um, we battle many different things in the field, and other missionaries do. Um, yesterday there was a big election here in Canada, and they voted in a uh, extremely liberal uh, prime minister, and that's going to make some challenges. But uh, pray for us. My wife and I are pretty good at being loners, but our kids are down there, and uh, our church family's down there, and we don't have anyone like you folks to fellowship with up with up here. Um, we do visit with folks, but I hope you understand this. I'm not saying that we think we're better than anyone else, but they're not on the same level uh, understanding Christ, uh, the Bible as we are. So, um, And that's a challenge sometimes, so it's good to fellowship with folks, you know, if you can understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. We appreciate that, and uh, certainly we'll take note of that. Also, um, before we go, we'd like you to pray for us and also to pray for your ministry as well. Would you do that for us? Yes, sir, I will. Okay, let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for uh, the church here at Community Baptist Church. I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for the missions conference. I just pray, Father, that uh, you would just be with uh, Brother Black. I believe as he's speaking tonight, I pray you'd bless the service. I pray for the folks here. I thank you again for their faithfulness and their love for missions. And I pray that their love for missions never quits. I pray that they would just grow in, in thinking about reaching the world. And again, we are so thankful for them and, and their love for us. And I thank you for their interest in our in our little community and the little ministry that we have up north. Is uh, not a lot of numbers up here, Father, but there are souls that need to be reached. We love you, Father, and we thank you. And again, we pray you bless the service this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Brother Holland, once again, we want to say thank you to you, your wife, your family, and I know that many of them are down in the States. Oh, actually, all your children are down in the States, aren't they now? But yes, we sir. want to say thank you to them, too, for lending you to us and allowing you to be involved in reaching souls for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, listen, our prayers go with you, and uh, we, again, thank you for your service. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Lord bless Amen. you, too. Amen. Well, there you go, all the way up from Arctic Canada. Isn't that something, again? Skype is an amazing tool, isn't it? And again, uh, it's probably one of the greatest. I know many of you grandparents have had the opportunity to use Skype to see your grandchildren, maybe if you've been there around the country somewhere else. So, uh, boy, that, that's a tremendous tool that God's given us. And, boy, it's so good to talk to Brother Holland tonight. And, again, uh, so good to have him and his family on the field there. Well, let's all stand. We're going to do our course tonight again, the same course we've been doing each night, Throw Out the Lifeline. What a great course it is as we consider our theme for the missions conference, Throw Out the Lifeline tonight. Ready? Throw out the lifeline across the dark wave. There is a brother whom someone should save. Somebody's brother, oh, who then will dare to throw out the lifeline, his peril to share. Throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline, someone is drifting away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is sinking today. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a good course. We're going to do that course again, all right? Throw out the lifeline. We got the rope back here, but I'm not going to fling it out, all right? I thought about flinging it out there. I'll tell you what, what a great, great thought to hold on to that rope. They're on one end, we're on the other. Well, I'll tell you what, we need each other. It works that way, you know? Anytime you try to go life, just like Brother Holland said, you're up there. If you're trying to go it alone, man, it gets lonely, it gets difficult. It can be even discouraging. Thank God for brothers and sisters in Christ teaming together to make it happen. Boy, that's what missions is all about, working together to reach the world for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's sing just the chorus throughout the lifeline. 
Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Someone is drifting away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Someone is sinking today. Thank you. you. May be seated. Brother Black, won't you come and share from the Word of God, please? Well, great to be back in God's house again tonight, <clears throat> and good to see you folks back again. Uh, always a great opportunity, or great when you have an opportunity to be in the house of the Lord, amen, and to have several nights in a row that the church is open. I think that's great. Uh, that's great, amen? All right. Hey, I heard it that time. <clears throat> All right, Pastor, did you hear what they said? They'd like to have church every night. All right. <laughs> I guess I set a trap for you, didn't I? Oh, boy. You know, why, why do we do all this, folks? It's, it's because we love the Lord. Amen? And, uh, and the Lord uh, the Lord's done so much for us. Uh, saved our souls. Gave us hope of eternal life. And uh, what little we can, we can do for Him just to show our appreciation. Uh, <clears throat> seems like we can't do much. For all He did for us. We do a little. Sing for Him speak for Him, share the gospel with others for Him, give a little money here and there for the Lord. But one day, one day we'll have an opportunity to show our appreciation for all He's done for us.
and say, Brother Black, how will I have crowns? Well, giving to faith promise one way to earn a crown, amen? Going and telling folks about Jesus another way to earn a crown. And I trust we'll have many crowns when we have that opportunity. Debbie's going to sing one of her songs for us uh, again tonight. I'm excited about this song and trust it will speak to our hearts and, and challenge us to get the gospel to the world.
I feel like we could give an invitation right now. I have an idea the altar would be full. Oh boy. Turn with me to the book of Jonah tonight. Jonah chapter 1. Those of you that were in the adult Sunday school class uh, this week, this past Sunday, uh, we heard a message from Jonah. Amen? It was, uh, it was good. And uh, we'll actually uh, probably reiterate a couple, of, a couple of the thoughts that we got Sunday. Uh, maybe we need to hear, maybe we, maybe we need a, 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 a reminder, amen? <laughs> Two's the number of witness. And uh, God wanted us to hear from Jonah this week. Jonah chapter 1. If you have your place in the Scriptures and are able, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Jonah 1 and beginning in verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Today, we've got folks all around us. People, cities, Countries all over this world where folks are literally on their way to hell and they need a warning just like Nineveh did. Title of the message this evening, A Decision with Eternal Consequence. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, I pray that you'd move on our hearts tonight. Lord, I I pray that, that we'd surrender to your will in our lives. Now, God, I don't know what that would be for each one, but, Father, I pray that as you speak to hearts and as you draw folks to you, that they'll recognize what your desire is for their life. Lord, it may be to reach down a little bit deeper and get a little, a little bit more involved in the Faith Promise Mission program of this church. Lord, it might be that your will for some of these folks tonight is to begin Faith Promise Missions. Lord, Your will for some here tonight might be to pack up and and move or make preparation to move to some foreign country to give the gospel to a folk, to a people who have never heard. Lord, no doubt it's Your will for each and every one of us to tell somebody that we'll meet tomorrow about a Savior. Oh God, I pray that our hearts would be moved. Lord, I pray that we'd be changed tonight. Speak to us, we pray. Now, God, I need you. I pray you'll touch, you touch me, Lord. I, I just uh, want to be a blessing to these folks. And, Lord, I can't do it without you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Ezekiel 18 and verse 4 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And, and folks, we, we are in a place where everywhere you look, you find folks that are on their way to hell. I mean, we meet them every day. We meet them every, every day of our lives, places we go, the people we, we come in contact with are lost and on their way to hell. Communities all around us. 
Folks, as you go out farther, you branch out farther. Like the Osbournes are going down down to to, uh, West Africa. Folks down there have never heard. We heard from a man today up in the Arctic with with folks that that have never heard. They they don't know how to get to heaven. They think everything's going to work out all right, just like the folks that you and I meet from day to day. Uh, But they're sinners and they're on their way to hell. They need a Savior. They need, they need a warning like Nineveh needed a warning. Romans 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. They need to know that there's a, there's a wage, there's a penalty for the life they've been living. There's a penalty for rejecting Jesus Christ as, as Savior. And they don't know about that. God commanded Jonah to warn Nineveh. And God commands you and I to warn the world. Uh, Matthew 28, we've, we've, we've said it, we've gone over it this week over and over again. Uh, Matthew 28, uh, go ye therefore into all nations. Uh, I mean, we're to go, go, go. We get the command from God, go into the world, go into all the nations and, and, and teach, preach the gospel. Uh, Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We have a command, folks, we have a command like Jonah had a command. Now, we know what Jonah did. Jonah says, ah, no thanks, Lord. I, I think I'd rather go swim around with a whale for a while. Uh, Jonah didn't want to go, did he? <clears throat> and, and many times you and I kind of balk at the command that we receive from the Lord to go into this world and take the gospel to a people who have never heard. Hey, the message has not changed. The only thing different in the message that you and I have tonight and the message that Jonah was to deliver to Nineveh, the only, the only difference is, is the time remaining until the gavel falls. They had 40 days. By the way, if you're here tonight and you've never been saved, I can't promise you 40 days. I don't know that you'll have till the morning. We have no guarantee of tomorrow. We may have... A few years before the Lord comes back. But I don't think it'll be long. Nineveh had 40 days. But the message is the same. Nineveh needed to repent. And they did, by the way. Luke 24 and verse 47. There we go. Sometimes the glasses help. (laughs) And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Repentance is to be preached in all nations. Just like Jonah was to preach repentance to Nineveh. And, and God wanted the, the whole world to be saved just like He wanted Nineveh. God wants the world to be saved just like He wanted Nineveh to, to be saved. I, I mean, Nineveh needed to repent as the world needs to repent. Uh, Nineveh would have been destroyed had they not repented. And all unsaved people, when they die... They enter into the place called hell, condemned for hell, for all of eternity. And God wants everybody to be saved. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. If you're here tonight and you're lost without Christ, He doesn't want you in hell. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. It's not God's will for anybody on this earth to perish. It's not God's will uh, for the folks in South Africa to perish, Brother Osborne. It's not God's will. That's why you're going to, 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 to give them the gospel, give them an opportunity. But how many more will die before we go? How many more? 
They need to know the Lord. They need to know the Savior. They need to have an opportunity. Now, Jonah's decision, uh, Jonah's decision with their eternal consequence uh, was to go or not to go. Jonah, Jonah had to make up his mind. He had, he had to make a decision. Do I go? Do I go to Nineveh or do I not go to Nineveh? Well, our decision today is threefold. Number one, to go or not to go. Now, that's right. We all have to make a decision here tonight. Am I going to go? Am I going to go and be one of those missionaries and reach another place? Am I personally, am I going to pack up? Am I going to go to some other land and take the gospel to, to people who, who need it? We've got to make that decision. We, we've, got to, we've got to decide, am I going or am I not going? And number two, we have to make a decision. Am I going to give to Faith Promise Missions or am I not going to give? We'll all make that decision. That decision will have to be made sometime between now and Sunday morning. Am I going to give to Faith Promise or am I not going to give to Faith Promise? Got a decision to make. And then, and then thirdly, a decision, assuming you make the decision to give to Faith Promise, which I hope everybody's in on, you've got to make a decision, how much do I give? Now, these are, these are decisions that we're going to have to make. And all of us, I mean, I mean, all of us need to be involved in this decision-making process. All of us need to, need to be working on these things and, and taking, these, taking these questions very seriously. Uh, we, we, number one, I, I, as far as deciding whether to go or not to go, personally, I mentioned it last night, I believe that every Christian ought to surrender to go. That, that's, just, that's just my feeling. I, I, I personally, I believe that, that every Christian should at least volunteer to go. Isaiah six and verse 8, Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I. I'm willing, Lord, if you could use me, I'm willing. Now, now why do I say that we ought to, everybody surrender to go? Well, probably one of the hardest things to do. Humanly speaking, one of the hardest things to do is to leave the comforts of home, leave family, and go to a place, to a people we've never seen before. Probably one of the hardest things to give up is our home. If you're willing to give up your home, the Lord knows He's got your heart. Now, the Lord won't necessarily want you, but we ought to be willing to go. Remember David. David told the Lord, Lord, I I think I'd like to build you a temple. I think, Lord, I've got a house, and I think you ought to have a house. And he he mentioned that to the preacher. And Nathan, the prophet, he says, Oh, oh, I love your zeal. I think that's a great idea. You go, David. You build the Lord a temple. That's a great idea. But then the Lord Lord met with Nathan and says, You go tell David. Thanks, but no thanks. I don't want him to build a temple. But I'm sure the Lord appreciated his heart, his willingness to build the temple. The Lord says, No, I, I I like the thought, but I'm going to have your son do it. I like your willingness. Because you surrender to go to be a missionary, because you surrender and you, you, you bow down on your knees before God and say, I'll go, Lord, here am I, send me, I'm willing to go. The Lord might say, I appreciate that, but get back to your seat. I've got a job for you to do here at Community Baptist Temple. I mean, somebody's got to pay, somebody's got to pay the bills, amen? So somebody's got to supply the faith promise so the ones that do go can go. We can't all go. And the Lord knows that. But he wants a willing heart to say, I will go if you want me, Lord. I will go uh, if that's your desire. Years ago, I told the Lord, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. 
Before Debbie and I got married, I, I, I told her, I said, now, Debbie, I have surrendered to be a missionary. I don't believe God call. I don't believe God's calling me to be a missionary. I don't believe that's that's what He wants for me at this point in time. But you've got to realize that I am willing to go if God should call me to go. I told Him I would go, and she understood that, and she was okay with that. We got married, but but I made a decision years ago, and I've reminded the Lord about that a time or two since then. Lord, I'm still willing if you want me to. Now there's no doubt in my mind. I know I'm doing what God wants me to do. But should he decide that I'm through with you as an evangelist and I want to put you in another place, I'll go. Whatever, whatever God wants for my life, that's okay with me. I mean, I'm just a servant reporting for duty. Lord, what do you have for me today? As far as I know, I'm doing, uh, to the best of my ability, the best of, best of my knowledge, I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do today, but I'll go wherever he wants, to, wants me to go. And, and folks, I believe that most of you, uh, perhaps all of you, are doing exactly what God wants for you right now but there could be somebody here it could be two or three here that you know deep down in your heart you know that if you'd surrender god would put you on a why because god's already been tapping you on the shoulder saying oh there's a place for you i've got a place for you and it's not here oh we need to be willing we need to be willing and then i would say that all of us yes all of us should at least volunteer to go but all of us should give go with me over to first corinthians if you would 1 Corinthians 16. First Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches at Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let... Every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. Now, in context, this is this is speaking of mission giving. Let's let's jump over to cha- uh, chapter or, or uh, uh, Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, Second Corinthians, chapter nine. Second Corinthians nine, and verse seven. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I mean, everyone, every man, according as he purposeth in his heart. I mean, this, this ought to be a plan thing. This ought to be a purpose thing. I purpose in my heart at mission conference time. I, I pray and ask the Lord what to give. And I purpose in my heart that I'm going to give. And then every week, as I purpose in my heart to God, every week I faithfully give my, give my faith promise. On the first day of the week, I bring my faith promise offering to the Lord every, every, every week. I mean, this is, this is something that, that, that uh, every Christian needs to be involved in. Uh, this, is not a, this is not an optional thing. I mean, I, I know in, in a sense uh, the tithe is mandatory, uh, but, but everyone ought to be giving up to, giving to faith. Everybody ought to be involved. Because it's our responsibility, like I mentioned last night, the field is the world, and the fields are ours, and it's our responsibility to reach the, reach the, the entire world. And, and, and I can't do it on my feet. But I can send others who will go in my stead and help me reach those places that I am responsible for. I, I, I don't see any other way except that I give. And, and you need to see the same, recognize the same thing. There's only one way to do it. I've got to give. Now notice what, notice what he said. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. 
Oh, the pastor said I got to do it. Brother Black said I got to do it. I guess I, I guess I better give. Oh, boy. <clears throat> well, here we go. I'll do it. No, that's not the way the Lord said to give. Not grudgingly, not of a necessity, not because the only way the missionaries are going to get there, the only way we can take on anymore, the, oh, I've, I've got to give or they can't go. No, 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 that's not the attitude. What? You mean I can have a part? You mean, you mean I can help get the missionaries there? Well, well, hey, where do I sign up? That ought to be the attitude. That, that's, that's the attitude that, that God would let me have a part in, in reaching the world with the gospel? Wow! And really, when you think about it, that's an awesome thought, isn't it? That God would let us have a part? Isn't that something? He didn't have to do that. He could have he done it all himself, but he lets us have a part. And then one day, he'll give us a crown <laughs> just because we got involved and got some blessings along the way. Wow! Uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable that God would, would do that and, and allow us to, to get involved. I mean, I mean, we're talking about cheerful giving. Uh, hey, uh, it ought to be, uh, Lord, if reaching the lost means this much to you, well, then count me in. I want to I be involved too. If this means so much to you, I mean, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And if you love the world enough to give your child, God loves the world even more than we do. And if He loves the world that much, then shouldn't we want to get in on it a little bit? Do, do something, get involved in, in one way or another? Uh, and, then, and then we, we ought to, and not, not only should we all volunteer, uh, we should all give, uh, but we should increase our giving. Look with me at uh, chapter 8 and verse 10. We're still in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 10. And herein I give my advice, the Apostle Paul says, for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now he's talking about our faith promise. As our faith, as our faith grows, our, our faith promise ought to grow. I mean, it ought to be a little more than we gave, than we gave last year. Uh, look at chapter 10 and verse 15. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope. When your faith, now notice at the end of verse 15, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 15, when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's line of things being ready uh, to our hand. Hey, uh, when your faith is increased, we shall be enlarged. When your faith is increased, the missionary can get a raise. Wow, isn't that something? And so he can do more. So he can go deeper into the country. So he can reach a few more people. So he can start another mission work. So he can do a little bit more. Uh, and Paul says, as your faith grows, uh, our work can grow. Hey, we, we, hey, our faith ought to, your faith ought to be growing. I mean, do you have more faith today than you had a year ago? I would hope so. I would hope that our faith grows a, a little bit along the way, and, and as, it, as it grows, our, our giving ought to grow as well. Uh, by the way, uh, go, go to Romans 12 and verse 3. Some, some of you are probably saying, Brother Black, I just, I just don't know about this, this faith promise thing. I, uh, I, I don't have that much faith. Well, I understand. Sometimes it's hard. Maybe a new concept for somebody here tonight. 
and you say, I, I just, I just, you know, uh, you talk about faith growing. I, I, I just don't think I, I just don't ha- think I have the, the faith to do it. Uh, look at chapter 12 of Romans, verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly according as, now notice, according as God hath dealt to every man, not just a few, every man, the measure of faith. Every man has received a little measure of faith. Now what we do with that faith determines how it grows. If we invest it, it's going to grow. If we use it for the glory of God, our faith will grow. If we don't use the faith, it'll die. I mean, you had faith enough to get saved, didn't you? Where do you suppose that came from? Where did you get that faith? Oh, God, I, I just worked up a bunch of faith and I trusted you. No, I'm sorry. God gave you a little faith. And then you fanned that faith. You said, you said all right, Lord, I, 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 there's something to this. And you listened to the soul winner a little bit longer. Maybe you came to church again. Maybe you read that tract for a second time. And God strengthened your faith. Your faith grew a little bit more. And it grew a little bit more. And pretty soon you had faith enough to trust Christ as Savior. Now, if you have faith enough to trust Christ as Savior, I'm here to tell you, you have faith enough to put a dollar on that faith promise card. You've got a little faith. Now, most of us have been saved long enough. Our faith has grown way beyond the dollar. And we ought to be able to give 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 or more. I mean, our faith has grown along the way, you see. And, 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 hey, I'll tell you another thing. Maybe, maybe you fear your faith is not strong. I've got to go with me to Hebrews. Go to, go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. Sometime, sometimes it's hard. I mean, sometimes we actually lose faith. And that, that's sad, but, but it, it's true. We're just, we're just human. And, and even the best of us, if we're not careful, sometimes we can actually regress. That's, that's why we, we talk about backsliders because they slid back from the position they were in at one point in time. And, and, and all of us have backslid a time or two, haven't we not? And, and maybe our faith was stronger a few years ago, and we find it lacking right now. And, and we say, well, I, I had faith, but uh, it's just hard. I, I, just, I just don't think I have enough faith to do faith promise missions. Look at uh, Hebrews 13 and verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God. And that's talking about your pastor. Now notice the next phrase whose faith followed, considering the end of their conversation. Whose faith followed. Now, maybe you don't have enough faith for faith promise missions. That's, that's possible. You, you, may not, you may not have enough faith to get involved. What do you do? You follow his faith. He has faith enough for faith promise. So you say, well, <clears throat> Brother Black, I don't have the faith. I don't have the faith to do it. Pastor, I don't have the faith to do it. But, but Pastor, I'll, I'll follow your faith and I'll get involved because you say it'll work. That ought to be good enough. That ought to be good enough, church. If we don't have the faith to do something. Hey, some of you probably didn't have the faith enough to, to buy that new building. Some of you probably didn't have faith enough to buy the building you're sitting in here tonight. But you followed his faith. Right. Amen. And here it is. You followed his faith and, and you're just months away from moving over to, to that, that new building. Amen. Glory to God. You didn't have enough faith, but you followed his faith and look what's happening. You, you won't go wrong following the faith of your pastor. You'll never, you'll never go wrong following the faith of your pastor. When your faith is a little bit low, 
just just hang on to his for a little while, and, and yours will grow. Yours will grow in time. But in the meantime, just hang on, hang on to the, to your pastor. Hang on to his faith, and, and and he'll help you. He'll help you through that rough water. Well, let's go back to Jonah. Now, <clears throat> on Jonah's part, as as we look at Jonah, uh, there wasn't a lack of faith on Jonah's part. Jonah didn't have that problem. Uh, go with me to chapter four of Jonah. Chapter four and verse two. I should have had you stick a gospel tract in there. I didn't. I didn't think of it. So you found it easy. Jonah's one of those hard books to find, isn't it? One of those little tiny ones there. It just seems like you, you go, Isaiah, Matthew, you know, and it's somewhere in between, you know. And <laughs> anyway, maybe you found it by now. Uh, Jonah, Jonah chapter 4 and verse 2. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. In other words, Jonah said, Lord, I knew you'd, I knew you'd, uh, you'd save that nation. Lord, I knew you'd save Nineveh. I, I knew you'd have mercy on them, Lord. I knew you would. But he didn't want to go. He did not want to go. That wasn't a matter of faith, because he admits he had faith. He had faith to believe that God would save the city. He had, he had faith enough to believe that if I go to Nineveh, <clears throat> those people will be saved. And he didn't want to. He was, he was rebelling against God. Uh, us parents, we call that direct disobedience. But we want to kind of forget that term now that the kids are raised. <laughs> and, and we're one of his kids. We, we, we kind of want to brush that term aside and... We don't need that anymore, but sometimes it still applies. I'm sorry. Sometimes it, sometimes it still fits, all right? And uh, uh, that's, that's, that's what Jonah was, was guilty of. It was, it was direct disobedience against God. It, was, it wasn't a lack of faith. You see, his problem was the same problem that many Christians today have. I mean, Jonah knew God would spare Nineveh. Hey, perhaps you, you know God wants to use you on a foreign field to reach, to reach, to reach a people uh, for Christ. You know that. I mean, deep down in your heart, you know that's what God wants you to do. But like Jonah, no. i got other plans. I don't want to do it. I've got other things in mind, and, and I really, I really don't want to go. Hey, that's, that's, where, that's where a lot of Christians are today. That's, it, that's exactly where a lot of Christians are today. I know what God wants for my life. But... God called me to preach. I was raised on a farm. I loved farming. I loved it. I didn't want to preach. I told the Lord I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't get in front of a class, a little a class of 20 people, and, and give a book report. I mean, I'd take a zero over a book report any day. I mean, no way. I, I, I just, you know... <laughs> You get tired of me in class, and you'll pass me sooner or later. I, you know, I just—I was not—I did—I did not want to get in front of the class. And, and if I did have to get in front of the class, it was going to be a short report. Trust me. You know, maybe I'll get a twenty percent. I guess that's better than a zero. <laughs> you know, now they can't get me to sit down. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. But you know, the Lord began to work on my heart came to a point where I, I knew I knew that's what he wanted me to do. 
and I couldn't get peace anywhere else. And by the way, if God wants you on the mission field, you won't have peace sitting here in the service. It's going to bother you every time the invitation's given. Every time, every time the preacher gets up and, and, and talks about serving God, it's going to bother you. And you won't have peace. You think you're doing what you like to do. You think you love your job. You won't like it. You, you'll get tired of it. You'll say, oh man, I don't like this job anymore. I wonder why. Maybe God's changing your water. And you're wanting to go to the mission field, but you're just reluctant. Hey, I tell you what, uh, <laughs> you might know God would use you. Just like Jonah knew, God would use him if he'd go. He won't go. Hey, uh, certainly you know God would use your faith promise. You know God would use your faith promise offering to help missionaries get to the field and help them win souls on your behalf. You know it would work. No, no question about it. You know if you give to faith promise missions, if, you, if you'll put a commitment on this card, and you'll turn it in. You'll give it, give it faithfully each week. You know souls will be saved. You know without a shadow of doubt, one day you'll stand before God and, and, and the Lord will show you the people that got saved because you gave. You, you know that. But you don't want to do it. You've got other plans for your money. Hey, I'll, I'll give my money to this. I'll use my money. There's some things I want to buy. There's some toys I want. I want to have a good time. I can't afford, I can't afford to let my, my standard of living drop any. No, it's not a matter of faith. No, it's a matter of want to. Jonah didn't want to. And some of us, hey, I'm sorry, but some of us just simply don't want to. Trust and obey, for there's no other... I can't even get the tune right. Trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy. In Jesus, but to trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy. You'll be miserable. You'll be miserable. You know you're supposed to be on the field. You'll be miserable back here if you don't go. You know you're supposed to give. You'll be miserable if you don't give. You know you're supposed to up your faith promise over last year. It's going to bother you if you don't do it. Trust and obey. There's no other way. To be happy in Jesus. Hey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But remember, Jonah finally went to Nineveh, didn't he? He, he, did, he did go to Nineveh, and, and just like he thought, God spared the city. Just, just like he thought, God spared the city. But, but did Jonah go cheerfully? <laughs> no, no, no. Jonah went reluctantly, didn't he? He went reluctantly. God loves the cheerful giver. God loves it when we cheerfully uh, surrender to, to, to serve Him where, wherever He would have. Uh, God loves it when we're, when we're, when we're uh, willing, when we're, when we're happy, when we're a cheerful giver. Uh, that's, that's what brings peace and joy and happiness in our lives when we go cheerfully, when we give cheerfully. Now, you see, each one of us, we will make a decision with eternal consequence. We, we will make a decision. And the decision we make will affect a world without Christ. How are we going to grab, get, grab a hold of the rope? Are we going to get a hold of one end, or are we going to get the other end? Hey, every rope has two ends. Which end are you going to get a hold of? You're going to get a hold of the missionary end and say, I'll go! And, and church, hang on to the other side. Or are you going to be down here saying, All right, missionary, you go. I, I got you. I got, I got your back, missionary. 
I'm, I'm holding on for you. We got to make a decision tonight, church. We got to make a decision. What What are we going to do? Are we going Are we going to grab a hold of the ropes? Are we going to obey the Lord, or are we going Are we going to say, Oh no, 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 not me, not me, not me. Hey, we're going to make a decision. It's to go or not to go. It's to give or not to give. It's how much, how much do I give? Now don't make that decision on your own. Lord, do you want me to go? Lord, how much do you want me? You don't have to ask him if he wants you to give. You can. I I already know the answer. That's all right. You can ask. But do it prayerfully. Make those decisions prayerfully. We don't need missionaries on the field that don't belong there. We don't need missionaries on the field because the preacher said they ought to go. Because mom and dad said they ought to go. We need, we need missionaries on the field that are going because God sent them. And we don't need you making a commitment to give to faith promise. It was all your idea. Got all excited in the sermon and, and the message and says, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. And you never prayed about it. I'll tell you what will happen. You'll fall flat on your face. And don't blame me, don't blame God if you made this decision without consulting Him. Come along six months from now, you'll say, how in the world am I going to make my faith promise commitment? And a missionary that was counting on that commitment that you made isn't going to get his support. Don't Don't you make a decision without consulting the Lord. And don't make a decision not to give without consulting the Lord. Hey, we're talking serious business here. Souls are in the balance. Here, my Lord, send me. Lord, I'm willing. How many more will die before we go? How, how many more are going to face eternal flames? They didn't know. They didn't know. We're back here counting our dollars, figuring what we're going to do. Planning our, planning our week, planning the year, planning our lives. Where are they? Stand with heads bowed. Heads bowed. Eyes closed. Oh God in heaven.